Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum.
This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the lavish bouquet that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the dogged satin teddy bear card that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Valentine's Day is you. Now today's Dumby Dum is an oldie, but it's definitely a goodie. It's from the Mid Sussex Brass hey. Band. They were awesome. Uh, but Lucy. Yep. Can you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or move your psychotic mother in, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thank you also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek is a bit miffed this morning as uh, he's been fired from his very short-lived job with Jean Harvey, helping her clear her garden. She got uh, impatient with him because he couldn't find her clematis fast enough. So she said, I'll just leave it. I'll do it myself. (laughs) Yeah, it can can be a bit of a hazard, that. (laughs) (laughs) On this week's show, we have... Oh, God. We have loads of calls. I know. Loads of calls. (laughs) Everyone in the world has rung Dumpty Dum, basically. Mm. Hmm. David Cameron. (laughs) He's Donald Trump getting us stuffed out of Europe, isn't he? <laughs> right. So on this week's episode, we have caller in as galore. Cedar Master, who thinks that Jolene and Kenton are unprofessional. Glynn, full of love, who's in the dark. Maeve, oh, I love me some Maeve, who can see romance through the wrecks. Blythe Spirit, who thinks that Helen needs to see a professional. Claire from Scotland via Canada, who has a medical query. Andrew Horn, who likes a bit of a contrast. Steve Perkins, oh, he sounds new. Who, he's not. Is he not? Is no, he is he a second not. time called Oh yes. yes, right, right. Stephen Perkins. Who'd move tables to get away from the fair bedroom. Claire from Clapham, who surprised at Jenny Darling. Yokel Bear, who had a tear in his eye on Valentine's. New York Nigel, who thinks that Lillian's going to use Justin. Jacqueline Berto, who's got a crest for the new editor. Witherspoon, who was fooled. Cat Brown. Could he goes on and on I know. and on. Cat Brown, who wants to know where Rory spent half term. Jojo Sexy Heels, who wants to know why Rob's trying to bankrupt the shop. Goddess Diva, you realise I haven't said and. Goddess Diva, who's got something to show Toby and. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> Those three little words mean so much. <laughs> and <laughs> Leslie, who thinks Lillian should go for it. But first, before those mountain of calls... It's an EU butter mountain of calls, isn't it? <laughs> Let's hear about Lucy V. Freeman and her week in Ambridge. It's been a very good week on the Archers with no less than three right you are's. That's always a good sign. However, no one saw themselves out, I was sad to note. The general jolliness was only marred by practically every member of the Archers clan saying what a lot they had to look forward to, which means one of them is going to be dead within the fortnight. Wayne seemed to be flirting with Jolene through the medium of parsley. She garnished something. (laughs) He told her she had a light touch with parsley and she used her Cadbury's caramel voice to say, I don't know whether that's a compliment or not. What? Of course it is. Trying to turn that into some sort of arch innuendo would be a reach even for me. Yes, Jolene saying you are good with parsley is a compliment. If he'd said, you're a massive idiot and you never had a clue what to do with bloody parsley, that would be an insult. Anyway, 
Kenton is being a dick about it, which is a huge surprise to absolutely no one. So Jolene shut Kenton and Wayne in the kitchen. They both got their willies out, flopped them on a chopping board, <laughs> fished them, and Kenton's was a bit bigger, so he won. And somehow Wayne ended up with a permanent temporary job in the bull kitchen. The Brookers archers did their normal, completely normal and completely normally normal, not weird at all thing. And parents, child and child's boyfriend all had Valentine's Day together. No, nothing Mm. odd here. Nothing at all. Move on. Keith is coming to assess Johnny's final practical next week. Judging by the way Johnny has been ploughing a furrow through the women of Borsetshire, Malaga and everywhere else, I'm not quite Mm -hmm. sure exactly what kind of practical Keith is actually going to be assessing. Even Bert seems to have fallen in love with the artist formerly known as Rich. You remind me of (laughs) myself, he said, seven minutes after Tom said Johnny reminded him of John. Poor Johnny. It must be great to have an entire village not having the foggiest who you are and just keep talking about how much you remind them of someone else. No wonder he's having an identity crisis and keeps changing his name. Next week he'll announce he wishes to be known as Frida Fry. Titchy Knob has left a chicken in the chill cabinet. I don't know. Dogs in the cattle feed. Agricultural workers jamming up the culvert. You're losing your grip, darling. Have a sit down. You'll be over-ordering coconuts next. And talking of nuts... The fair brethren were invited to Pip's birthday drinks, as were Chris and Alice. Yay! Invite the mute blacksmith and his wedding-planning astrophysicist wife. They always make the party go with a swing. Why not invite Carol Toboggan, too, and they can all chat away together? Uh, Bossy Git Bert started interfering with Joe and reminding him as Joe swaggered around Grange Farm, shouting, Get off my land! That A, it wasn't his land. B, it wasn't his farm. C, they weren't his cows. <laughs> and D, he probably shouldn't have put the cows that weren't his on the land that wasn't his in the first place. But still, bugger off, Bert. And a load of cows left Brookfield and we all wept. Probably. Well, I didn't. I was trying to scrape baked on mash off the worktop, but I felt as if I should be crying. Anyway, don't worry. <laughs> this is Brookfield. They'll probably get halfway up the M3 and either all start singing My Old Man Said Follow the Van before they all die at a services, or they'll turn round and gallop back down the hard shoulder saying they shouldn't leave. It was all a mistake. And what were they thinking? Uh, Linda is doing some sort of flipping nonsense pageanty thing. Mm. Could we not have a break? We've had the auditions for Calendar Girls. Then we had the Calendar Girls crisis. Then we had actual Calendar Girls. Then the Calendar Girls sodding reunion. Please, God, could we have a week without someone being forced, kicking and screaming to play a part that they turn out to be brilliant at? And the decline of Lillian spirals gloomily on, with her showing Justin around the dower house. Justin is basically marrying Lillian, apparently without her knowledge. His wife appears to have cleared off and he has co-opted Lillian as new wifey. She is repainting her own house with his money. She is dressing herself with his money. And it's all completely baffling and is frankly making her look daft and him look creepy. And I've got nothing against Justin being made to look creepy. But for heaven's sake, could Lillian please make a sensible choice about a man just for once? Or better still, could she not discover her inner Birkenstock, throw caution to the winds and have a mad lesbian affair with Anthea? She's capable, forceful, and she sounds like the sort of woman who could get Lillian up Lakey Hill with her eyes closed. The end! <laughs> Do you think she could find her Clementis? <laughs> she could. Again, with her eyes closed. <laughs> you reminded me of something. What? Um, right, now, there has been some chatter. Has there? On, on the Twitters, and there's been a little bit of chatter on the Book of Face about our calendar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, and uh, I've made an executive decision, folks. Right, I am benching our calendar until uh, Christmas of this year because, quite frankly, 
we've got Paul Truman, who has just gone and raised £55,000 uh, for refuge. Um, and quite honestly, even though we had uh, we were going to be doing this from last year, um, our fundraising efforts are going to, you know, chances are they're going to pale in comparison. Yeah. And it's also going to look like we're trying even to... Even if we sold the calendars for £60,000 each. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and also, everybody, um, it's going to look like we're trying to somewhat steal his thunder. But, you know, we and we absolutely aren't. So in the last two weeks, I've done lots of thinking and I just thought to myself, this is just, just kind of silly. So what we should do, though, is, is try and do something. And maybe the something, and I put this out to you, good listener, is that we should get somebody from Refuge basically on the show to talk about their good work. So at least it can have the oxygen of publicity through our through our show. And we can still talk about Paul and, and his fundraising that way. So that's the reason why I've gone incredibly quiet on the calendar. I did speak to Witherspoon and I did have a little bit of a chat about this. And Goddess Diva has been saying, Roy, if you know what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. And I think when I kind of explained to the pair of them, they said, well, that actually makes a, a whole load of sense. So it's not like I've forgotten. But, um, you know, if you are looking at this from the outside, you just think, well, why are they trying to do this? And, you know, and there's going to be donation fatigue as well, you know. So so that's that, folks. So we're going to push it back to next year. So don't worry. You will get to see Auntie Jean in her spade. Uh, but, it'll, <laughs> but it'll be in December of 2016. Um, right. Now, I don't even think we should talk about any thoughts and feelings about what's happened in the last week, Juicy Loose, because we've got a, a yeah. gazillion of calls. So no more chat. Let's go straight into Caller and Roos. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? Cedar Master is first. Mm. Hi, it's Sean here from Coventry. I haven't rung in for, well, quite a few months now. What made me want to ring in is this situation with you know, Kenton and Jolene at the Bull. It's ridiculous that they haven't sorted out a chef properly. The pub was shut down for about six months and they've been running on agency staff and now Zoe's walked out. Um, it just seems very unprofessional. Having run pubs for over 17 years, you'd have think they'd have sorted this out while the pub was shut and um, had somebody suitable in place by now. It just doesn't ring true, and I, I just don't believe the storyline. Yes, Kenton and Jolene, they literally couldn't organise a piss-up in a brewery, as has been shown on many occasions. Um, they That place seems to just run entirely on a wing and a prayer. Uh, they forever just abandon the bar completely and disappear off somewhere else. Everyone's always shouting for them. You know, Kenton's been drunk behind the bar, which is completely not allowed by licensing laws. Um, They do dangerous things with no risk assessment. They do, uh, you know, there's no mention of how they get their supplies in, about the lot, how anything is delivered ever or... um, I don't know. But do we yeah. want that level of detail? No, we don't. But it's what you're moaning about it for. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Good point. What am I moaning about? That uh, he's saying that they've been shut for you know three months and didn't manage to use that time to recruit anybody. I mean, I think some of that time was spent with Kenton 
facing bankruptcy and having a nervous breakdown. You can see how that would occupy some of his mind and, mm. and time because if they are fairly time consuming nervous breakdowns. But um, yes, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's not something you do as a hobby, really. Uh, but yeah, it, the fact that they haven't done it and it's now, you know, was it the morning of the the morning of the huge pancake thingy that they were doing pancake evening they were interviewing people mm. to actually come in and cook the things that night you know well, and it's just in, in, in hindsight yes there are um there have been logistical snafus in terms of them getting the pub up and ready uh yeah, but they used to keep nicking off for a shag didn't they and just abandoned when they were all hot well, and heavy what, the what i was trying to say is i'm just happy to hear them that's yeah. all yeah. Right? It's just, I'm just glad to have them back. And that can be written as shoddily as you like. <laughs> I just quite like the pair of them. <laughs> well, I suppose, you know, now now, now, this apparent, you know, like Ed Grundy recovering from crack addiction in a fortnight is, you know, Kenton's now completely fine. And, Lucy, uh, uh, when well, when did that happen? That was about 2005. I know, but you I can't really need it. to move on. I can't you forgive know. it. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, I tell you what, talking about things I can't forgive. There's an incident this week, which you know what? I'm just out of a certain storyline. I'm out. I just don't care anymore. Which what incident? Well, we'll we'll. Okay, mm. I'm down, I, I can imagine. So I, I'm sure it's going to crop up. Mm. Um, yes, uh, yeah, d- d- yes. I completely agree, Sean. They could not. I wouldn't put either of them in in charge of a herbaceous border. Never mind a pub. <laughs> I think that's overly harsh myself. But but anyway, anyway, uh, it's nice to hear you, Cedar Master. Yeah. Glyn you... Fuller Love is next. Hello, Dante Dam. It's Glyn here. I was ringing to talk about the last few minutes, the last scene of Friday Night's Archers, which I think was one of the most sinister things I've ever heard on the radio, let alone the Archers. And it did make me wonder whether the story... This storyline is going to take yet another dark, very dark turn. I am a supporter of the fact that The Archers has become more of a drama over the last uh, couple of years under the new editorship. But I think any more darkness in uh, this story will be very challenging for many listeners, um, including, including me, I have to say. He says it's too dark. It's the storyline that shall not be named and the meaning of obedience. Mm. It was too chilling, he says. Yes, that was horribly, horribly scary. And there is going to be some sort of massive repercussion on Henry where Henry is going to turn on Helen and say, Mummy, you, you, you're supposed to be obedient to Daddy. Mm. and you're not being something like that that he is he is creating a horrible horrible monster with this rob is creating a horrible horrible monster with this uh the way he's talking to henry the way he's treating henry hideous mm-hmm. don't think we need to say anything more about that do we Makes no. depressed no. mave has clambered out of the big press hello hello lucy hello royfield it's uh mave um aka in the big press uh just ringing to say hi um, and also just to ring and vent slightly about um, Pip. Uh, I can't stand Pip. Um, her voice comes on uh, and it makes me... It's, it's like it sort of nailed down a blackboard. 
Um, it's that sort of kind of voice that you talk, I don't know whether it's in your throat. I can't really, that kind of, anyway, it's terribly, terribly annoying. Um, and I'm not sure whether it's the character I despise or whether it's the actor's sort of characterization of her, but I just hate it. I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. The other thing I kind of hate about her is this whole romance bollocks between her and uh, Matthew and poor old Toby, or is it Rex? Anyway, whichever is the, the, the slightly less um, arsehole brother pining for her. But I did think it was it was quite t- touching, though, when he went to the pub with her and, and all she did was talk about how much she loved Matthew and, uh, and he discovered that he was absolutely in the friend zone, which I now, having Googled it, I know what it means now. So this storyline, I think what will happen is that uh, it'll all fizzle out with Matthew and that, yeah, and I think she will end up with whatever his name is, Trex, Toby Rex, Rexy Toby, whoever. And, yeah, I think that's what will happen. And she'd probably then have a shag or an affair or whatever you want with the other brother, just to make it all more complicated and uh, even more tedious. In my ideal scenario, she would have been uh, whipped up by Storm Imogen and, and we would never have seen or heard from Pip again. But that's unlikely to happen. Well... I think you're a little bit harsh on Pip. I can completely see, uh, Maeve, why she gets on your wick. And yes, I know when she when she says, "Oh, I am the sort of I'm not the sort of girl men pine over." The thing is, she's had so little experience. She's got brothers. She's very close to her dad. We keep saying she's a sort of. I mean, her mother's not exactly a shining example of 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 sort of um, how to handle yourself as a, a um, as as a. I, what, what do I mean? Kind of as a. Mm, what do you mean? As a, as a fully rounded, you know, sexy woman. She's not. She goes marching around in dungarees and she's covered in cow shit. What and are what... you saying, Lucy? That, that as a fully rounded, sexy woman, are you saying that? Uh, I Ruth... She's going to flip around in you know mules and a and a feather boa, but mm. as you do. In <laughs> Constantly, it's what I'm wearing right now. Waiting, um, waiting for your man to come home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she kind of hasn't had any example. You know, she's not close to Lillian or any of the kind of the more sophisticated women. So she does. She genuinely doesn't have a clue. This is her third boyfriend. She had Jude. Yeah. She had the one before. She a uh, uh, voice changed. Spencer. Spencer. There you go. And then she's got uh, got got Matthew. Yeah. She's, and she's only what twenty three. She's had. And she's the experience. kind of girl though that says, you know, oh, it's really good for you know. I could, I, I like him. I look, you know, I could wrestle him to the ground, kind of thing. She's like she's like an arm wrestling type of girlfriend rather than you know, a girlfriend. I'm girl. glad that you are saying this and not me because I would have a whole load of <laughs> you know appropriate sure slung at me if I was <laughs> saying what you're saying <laughs> what are you saying Lucy what I'm saying is that she genuinely doesn't understand the romantic side of men at all but I she's, think that's she's because she's still relatively yeah. young. But she's trying to recreate her parents relationship so she's moving far too fast with Matthew she spent three weeks with him is it all together? What's wrong with that? Pretty much. What's oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. Are you going to start crying now? Look, don't knock. <laughs> don't knock brief encounter. Don't uh, knock no. romance. More ill formed thoughts from me. Okay. No, they can join mine then, which are incredibly <laughs> ill formed this morning. <laughs> 
I thought that episode was actually really quite touching. Which and one? The uh, Valentine's Day episode. Really? That's what we're talking about, aren't we? Yeah. And yes, I get it that for a whole load of people, it will just be uh, Wardruffer Duck's back. Uh, you know, it'll be just a case of, oh, it was somewhat kind of smaltzy. And did I think that maybe Pip was a bit OTT? Probably. But... We go through life and we are little islands and every now and then we do bump into somebody and we connect with them on a spiritual, physical, emotional level. And and we kind of realise the power of that sometimes through looking at the stories of others and and, and also by having a crass hallmark uh, celebration of a day as well. Uh, am I a big one for Valentine's Day? No. Have I ever celebrated it? Yes. It, you know, but I don't think that just because I'm all up for sentiment and if some and I and also on, on, a, on a personal level, I actually quite like that film because it does have a resonance for me mm. and I can completely see. I completely chimed with with David in this, in that Mm. what he took out of it was he was the husband, but she came back to him. Mm. And, you know, that didn't happen to me. Mm. You know, so I looked at that and and it played out something in my life where you kind of think that there are two, you know, if you look at that as, as a story... Um, there's two outcomes that she either goes off with, with the handsome doctor or, or she goes home uh, to to the hubby. But there isn't. There's a third way. And the third way is that she then thinks, well, maybe I should be on my own. And, mm. you know, I could listen to that. And it, and it chimed with chimed with my life. And and I think that is the power of kind of kind of great drama is that mm. it forces you to look at things that have happened in your life and you get a different kind of perspective on it so but again Pip is what 23 possibly 24 she's pretty young and if you said earlier on in the show she hasn't got a whole load of experience but if you can't be young and giddy and stupid when you're in your early 20s when can you be I know it's just when she was saying to Ruth when Ruth when she said oh I feel like I can face anything now I've got Matthew and and um and Ruth said well that's what love is and everything I thought you've known him for 3 weeks you know you can't face it you, you figure out what you can face by yourself before you start deciding that you can't face anything without that okay. person Lucy what if you can't say something a bit bloody stupid at the age of 23 24 oh, when no. can you cut us some slack right, right whatever you, whatever we want to say about pip she works bloody hard right <laughs> she might annoy people she might sound like a languid divorcee or whatever the heck it is <laughs> but she works very hard and she's committed to that farm and I don't, I don't quite I, I, understand all of the hate that, that gets thrown. I like don't that. hate it at all. No, 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 I'm not saying you, but, but it's, I, you know, three I quarters is... of Twitter. Right. <laughs> and I just think, you know, she's not Rob Titchener. She's not she's not a, Ursula Titchener. Cut the girl some slack. If she think... wants to be giddy with with Matthew, let her be giddy and just say good luck it's to just, you. Love. It makes her so vulnerable when you hear 
you know, it's like, well, you're going to make me sound like that bloke at a first date, you know, to be in love is to have a little bit of vulnerability. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, come on. Right. You give of yourself emotionally and we're all a little bit potentially vulnerable. And and that's what makes us feel alive. Not... Move on. Come on. <laughs> OK. All Next right. Call. It was Maeve, not me. Have a go at Maeve. Anyway. Oh, she no, says... I don't want to have a go at Maeve. I love Maeve. Uh, she says that she wants Pip to end up with the slightly less asshole brother, as she describes I it. I think that's probably what's going to happen anyway. I think I like the way that of the, you know, the main thing that we can think of to say about Rex is that he's slightly less of an arsehole. He's than much less of an arsehole. <laughs> there's, there's no comparison between the two. <laughs> On the arsehole stakes, he is far down the list. Mm. Um, Blythe Spirit. He needs a backbone is what that boy needs. He does. Mm. He needs to get shot of Toby. He's so much... Toby's... Toby's... Everything that's wrong with Rex is Toby. If he could just remove Toby from the equation, his no, life would be No, 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 no. He, he does need to develop a little bit of a backbone and be a little bit more assertive. He really mm. does. Okay. And that's not Toby's fault. Okay. Um, is he invertebrate? They don't have backbones, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> the invertebrate rex. Mm. Invertebrate rex. Sounds like a dinosaur. Mm. Um, Blythe Spirit. A therapist will listen to Helen, not um, not what Rob is, the picture that Rob is trying to paint of Helen. Mm. That is why people with narcissistic personality disorder mm. hate psychotherapists because they threaten the narcissist's control and uh, it's a very sort of traditional pattern that they don't believe in therapy and they they uh, get very, very freaked out by anybody going to therapy. They don't like it at all because it's um, it they fear that somehow it will it will put a, um, a wedge between their direct link to the to the victim, their sort of uh, their their ability to control them. Um I don't really understand. I mean, I know I keep moaning about this storyline, so I probably don't actually want to know, but I sort of do want to know. Mm. I find it astonishing that Helen has just been sent home, having been diagnosed with anemia and anorexia. She's seemingly gone straight back home with no follow-up stuff. No one from the health authorities coming out to visit her. The midwife hasn't been. There was supposed to be some psychiatric assessment. Rob did say that the week before last he did he right did, he did he did but nothing's happened from that well i i don't know how quickly the, these things actually happen and the amount of detail that the script writers have actually gone into and, and kind of research i'm presuming that it, it's not necessary because as far as they're concerned maybe psychosomatically she wasn't in imminent danger it wasn't as if she was deranged and bouncing off the walls i'm presuming so maybe a 10 day wait mm. from being uh, um let out of hospital is actually quite reasonable i don't know all i, I do know think... go on loose i don't think you you transfer the care of the patient to somebody who you have not yet assessed as to whether or not they're an appropriate mm. caregiver well, well we're guessing well i know i'm guessing so i just don't know and i haven't done any research and kind of you know into the subject but what i do know is i'm out of this storyline now because really? that oh. twist on friday was too excuse the french fucking much it was too much what ursula oh come on yeah yes right i i went with it that ursula 
was actually all right. I know yeah. when when she first came, she was a bit kind of prickly and, and whatever. And I thought, OK, actually, this is more proof that Rob is just twisted. And there's nothing really, really wrong with his mother. But that last call was so pantomime, was so dun-dun-dun. Yeah. And <laughs> we have been commenting for for days, weeks, actually for literally a year, if not over a year, as to how well this has been written. I'm yeah. sorry. With that ill-written... No, I'm not going to say it was ill-written. It's ill-plotted. Mm. Because somebody somewhere has said, and here's the twist that we need, that actually Rob's in cahoots with his mother, who he apparently he hated, he has no relationship with, yeah. just some months ago. Because yeah. some poor scriptwriter had to write that. Yeah. It's the plotting. It's bonkers. It's just too much. The whole thing is Byzantine. There's too many layers of twists and and just evilness. And yeah. that's it. I'm through. I yeah. don't. I don't care no more. I don't care. It's absolute rubbish. And I just said to myself, "You, I, I, I was dumbfounded. I was utterly dumbfounded. It's like." Are we supposed to really believe that these characters exist? Yeah. That he can be in cahoots with... Because what, what's wrong with Kirsty? What sensible, sensible person, after the, the exchange that Kirsty had with Helen, would say she's the wrong type of person? Possibly the... because she said about her protesting past. Well, you know what? I, I just, I'm out, Luce. I'm out. I just, it's just too much. No. Yeah. It's just too much. It made sense. It makes sense that the that a character like Rob exists, and they've done an amazing job um, highlighting emotional abuse. Because you know, as a bloke, I don't. I would. I'm, I'd like to think that in no relationship that I've had in the past have I emotionally abused anybody, let alone physically. But you can look and you can see couples and relationships and you go, crumbs, maybe, you know, just because he's not hitting her doesn't mean that he isn't mm. abusing her. Mm. And and that's brilliant. It's highlighted this terrible thing which goes on in some relationships. And I still applaud the scriptwriters for that. But they've just now made it into soap that Rob is in cahoots with his mother and yeah. they're both a pair of evil bastards. And I'm just out. Yeah. yeah, I'm out, I'm out. Kat Brown, in her call, which we'll actually play at the end, said um, she described that as a pantomime snippet. It, it was. Mm. It was. And I just feel sorry for... I don't know how these stories kind of come about. I, I'm presuming that it's um, the editor on high. I don't know. And he says, basically, here is, a, here is the plot, and they all sit around a table, him and uh, the script writers, and they, you know... And they we and they actually weave how this story's gonna play out. But at some point, somebody's made a big mistake saying that then Ursula is gonna be complicit in all of this. Mm. Because we just you there's just too many plates spinning. Mm. There's too many plot holes which haven't been plugged up, culverts which haven't been unblocked in terms of the storyline. <laughs> there's poles back in Poland who are kicking their heels, wanting to have their revenge. There's there is missing money. That's, yeah. oh, and then, oh, come on now. Yeah. I can't fucking take it anymore. Yeah. It, yeah. The actor is brilliant. Mm. The setup is fantastic. It's too much. We didn't mm. need another layer of this nonsense on top. Mm. I can go on if you want. No. <laughs> <laughs>
think you probably need to lie down. Do you want a cold cloth on your head for this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was applauding then. I completely agree. Oh. I did go, what? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that was my response. Loose. I was dumbfounded. Yeah. I said and to also, an... it's a different Ursula and everything. Well, I'd... I said to an American friend, um, who was I chatting to? I was chatting to somebody about the archers. And I said, when that scene happened, I dropped my bacon sandwich. <laughs> and, he, and he says, oh, were you eating a bacon sandwich? <laughs> I went, no, it's an expression. They went, what? <laughs> and he said, it's a very good one. I went, yeah. <laughs> but I just, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, Lucy, I, seriously, yes. Put, put that cold flannel on my forehead, please, right. because I, yeah, no. Okay. Just, just maybe we'll book you in for a course with Witherspoon. Mm. Um, uh, yes, before, 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 while Royfield does that, I just need to give a quick message to Jan from Cam. I got your messages, uh, Jan, and it's absolutely fine. Thank you very, very much. That's it. Now, uh, Claire from Scotland via Canada. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Claire from Scotland via Canada here, apologising ahead for raising the issue of the Rob and Helen storyline. But something's been niggling me ever since Helen returned from hospital, and that's Rob's approach to Helen's eating. I preface this with saying that I'm not an expert. I only have a very limited amount of experience helping friends cope with eating disorders, and of course that's not the same thing, because it was anemia that Helen went into the hospital to be, treat- to be treated for. But as I understood it, you couldn't go from, and indeed shouldn't go, from eating very little to suddenly eating a lot all at once, It sounds as if that's what Rob is trying to get Helen to do. As I say, I'm not an expert. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping somebody will call in and tell me I am wrong, so that's next week's project. But in the meantime, it's making for hugely uncomfortable listening. I am very glad you rang in, Claire, because we haven't heard you for ages. And I thought, I hope she's all right, because she went to be quiet. Um, Wasn't the anemia caused by the anorexia? So I thought she'd be taken into hospital because the anemia but they'd realised it was because she wasn't eating at all, never mind not eating enough iron. And I can't understand how apparently Rob is able to force feed her because she doesn't seem to be particularly protesting. She's not purging afterwards or not that we're aware of and we've been aware of bloody every other fart going on in that storyline, so I don't understand why we wouldn't be aware of that. Um, so yes, it all seems very odd. And anorexia is not something, as, as I think it was Goddess Diva said last week, that you can just switch off. And get get better. You always have it, like you always have alcoholism. But it's something that you, uh, sometimes it's under better control than other times. Um, so to be suddenly fine, to be eating without complaining, to say everything's all right now, just seems absolutely extraordinary. And again, I think that goes in in Royfield's category of this storyline has been built up. It's now so ginormous. It's just toppled over on top of them, basically. Mm. That's kind of what's happened. Mm. It feels like that the, the, they've got themselves so far in they can't get out again. Uh, oh, did you know? I have you ever had a dream about the archers, Roy? No. I had my first dream about the archers that the other night. That surprises me because you think about the archers twenty four seven. I know. There is nothing else in my life. Literally nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a dream, and it was about Rob and Helen. Mm. And the weird thing was, I couldn't see Rob. I could only see the back of his head. Mm-hmm. He didn't turn round. But Helen was played by Helen Baxendale from Cold Feet. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I thought, actually, I could see her playing that. That's kind of how I think that she... Uh, and uh, yes, and I was there and I was very... Con- and I was talking to them in the kitchen and I was very conscious that Rob didn't want me there. And I was trying to, to get Helen to come out for a walk with me. Mm. 
and then I woke up. That's a fascinating dream, isn't it? But it was very, very weird, and that's the first time I've ever dreamt about the archers. Sounds to me like you were Kirsty. Oh, could have been. Mm. I haven't got the squeaky, the, the, the squeaky, throaty, Kirsty voice, though, sadly. No, you haven't. That I do was, like that, Kirsty's voice. You're quite good at impressions. That was a bad one. I know, it's terrible. Mm. I, ca- I love her voice. I've got no idea how you do it. I'll mm. have to ask her. And she's a lovely wee little thing, isn't she? She is. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who like the voices on our show, I don't mean our voices. I mean, of course, Harriet, Queen of the Voice, mm. Shambridges, uh, Harriet Carmichael. She's going to be at our show on the, when is it? 7th, 7th. of March. Yes. Uh, so you 7 can... 7 p.m. I might get her to do a voicemail message for me as a character. I think you should. Yeah, I think. Um, can I just say, mm. right, considering that you kind of did this on your lonesome. Right, what? The, you and Derek organised oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. recording. Oh, no, Derek, principally. Well, in he cahoots to keep his hands it. busy. <laughs> In cahoots with you, yes, Freeman. Yes, I have right? been nowhere near my cahoots, can I just say. But yes, carry on. Right. Which smart-ass person says, right, we're going to have um, a recording that starts at 7 o'clock on a weekday, considering we're all fans of the Archers? <laughs> Do you know what I'd thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> what fool? <laughs> yes. You might want to bring that up with Derek. I don't think I shall. <laughs> well, I suppose we'll do a communal listen, shall we? And He's then we'll, we'll start the recording maybe at 20 past seven. Maybe. Maybe that's just an idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Uh, yes. Next right. call. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I'm calling on Tuesday, so fairly early in the week. But um, I've been lacking in inspiration recently, hence my uh, radio silence. But congratulations to Yokel Bear. Um, Really enjoyed the show. And um, the two of you have sparked some thoughts. So is Lillian falling for Justin? I'm not sure that she is. I think she may be falling for his credit card and a little bit of attention, but I'm not sure that she'll be uh, she'll be taken in. I have high hopes for uh, for, for Lillian that she uh, she's wise now. And the other one that I think you're spot on with is uh, with Rob popping up at the school. He has got Find My iPhone on her phone. It's switched on and he keeps an eye on her movements. That's how he did it. Uh, apart from that, loved the uh, Johnny and Bert scene and the poignant uh, sort of across the generations. It's something the Archer scriptwriters do very well on occasions. And I did enjoy that. But then, as Lucy says, I'm a soppy old fool. Looking forward to seeing lots of you at the 100th and uh, keep up the good work. Andrew Horn is Lillian falling for Justin or his credit card? Um, I think... She's fallen for the credit card initially, but I've got a horrible feeling she may be heading towards falling for Justin. She was slightly too uh, when she said, if you wouldn't mind accompanying me. And he said, oh, I'd be glad to. And 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 uh, and she went. Oh, and I thought, oh, God, here we go again. Um, Lillian is a bit lonely and she wants a bit of company. And I think anyone, um, as long as they had a pulse. 
that batted her eyelids in her direction, she would have got all silly and beside herself. It just so happens that this man has oogles of cash. It's a tall and... dog, have some checkbook. There you go. Mm. There you go. So um, I think she's actually into him. It just so happens that um, he's minted too. Yeah. Oh, Lillian. Um, Andrew also reckons that Rob has got find my iPhone on Helen's phone so he can track where she is. Mm. Mm. Could yeah. well be true. Don't even want to think about that. Um, and he liked all the intergenerational stuff uh, with Johnny and Bert Fry and um, all that sort of thing. And if we now play New York Nigel's call, mm-hmm. uh, he says uh, he agrees. With who? Andrew Horn. Oh, OK. Hello, Lucy. And hello, Roy Field. And hello to all fellow Dumpty Dummers and Dumpty Dogs as well. It's New York Nigel here. And I'm still basking in the glow of Lucy calling me a Doris. I can actually remember when she died. Well, her speaking role had come to an end. I can't quite remember the story of why. But for the longest time, the Archers clan would refer to her through the noises she was supposed to be making in the background. They would Anyway... Uh, just a couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, first of all, I'm really appreciating this age mix that the writers have got around to achieving. It was all starting to slew a bit to the elderly, wasn't it? With Jim and Auntie Cardboard and Peggy, the return of the toboggan, the bridge parties with Jill. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that, but it's it's nice to hear storylines developing with Johnny and Bert, say. That was really sweet. And even warming, I hasten to say, to those fair brethren, although all that can-cracking and broing and nipple-lofting is a bit annoying, but perhaps it's no more annoying than the talk of fondant fancies and hand-stitched curtain ruffles and, I don't know, rubbing up a batch of scones might be annoying to some of the listeners. I've also got a plot prediction this week. I've long harboured a desire to see Tiger surging back into the village after making vast amounts of money in Russia and then getting back with Lillian and saving the village from Hazel Woolley. But now I'm seeing things a bit differently. I think Justin Elliott is going to use Lillian to get into the good books of the village and, you know, perhaps incidentally into her newly purchased Montpellier Walk boutique lingerie from Cheltenham. And part of this storyline is going to be for Lillian to persuade him to connive with her against her mother's ghastly stepdaughter. Now, I'm still not a Justin fan, because, you know, there's going to be a price to pay once the scriptwriters have got to like him for whatever reason, or got us to like him for whatever reason. I, I agree with Yokel Bear, Lillian deserves a bit of happiness, but, you know, maybe this is it. I'm very excited about a potential Dumpty Dum meetup with Roy Field in New York City, and I'd certainly be up for it. New York, Nigel, you are our favourite, Doris. Do not doubt that you are our favourite. Um, yeah, we have Johnny and Bert, Lillian and Kate, uh, and you know he said people will find the Fair Brethren as annoying. Yeah, older people will find the Fair Brethren as annoying as the younger generation find you know Peggy whispering on about curtains. Um, I don't, I, I don't think I get annoyed by... Oh, I don't like it when it's all older people and you kind of think, what the hell is happening with Chris and, and Alice? And all that, you know, they've just vanished. I don't like it when people just vanish. I don't care really how, how old they are. I would love Tiger to come surging back into the village uh, and get back with Lillian. 
Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Although recent developments. Well, may... there you go. Recent yeah. developments. Yeah. Mm. Well, we can't say about that, can we? Um, is Justin going to use Lillian to get back at Hazel? That would be good. The trouble is with Hazel, she's got a lot of money. And it's kind of like she's got a lot of money and Peggy's got a lot of money. And it's just who can throw the most money at something to make it work. But she has got more money than uh, Piggy. But he has got more money than everybody in the whole wide world. So he wins. Good. Uh, so he can come back and... Um, and I wouldn't say that Justin Elliott has got more money than the Duke of Westminster. No. Is he no. the one that lived at number one London? Uh, uh, something like that. That was his address, wasn't it? Something like that. And yes, thank you for your good wishes, uh, Nigel. We are going to need all the courage we can get, love. I'll tell you for this bloody live thing. Oh, <laughs> God. Mm. Anyway. Um, who is next? Stephen Perkins. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Stephen Perkins here. I am a second time caller in era, and I'm afraid I feel the need to vent about the Fair Brothers. Uh, I worked out this morning, I think I've been listening to the Archers for about eight years, and in the last episode I listened to, which would have been Wednesday's episode, they drove me to do something that I have never done before, which was I skipped ahead during their scene. Now, I mean, I've listened to some pretty awful things uh, in my time on this show. I didn't skip any of Daryl's scenes, no matter how much I hated those. I haven't skipped Rob, no matter how much he sets my nerves on end. But I have to skip Rex and Toby because they're just so awful. If it's a scene of one of them or both of them speaking to a character who has some sort of point or purpose, I can just about tolerate them. But when it's just the two of them wittering on to each other about Pip or pastured sodding eggs, I just can't do it. If I heard these two talking to each other in the pub in that awful bro-bro banty bollocks fashion I would move tables to get away from them and I cannot stand having to listen to it on the archers so uh, as much as I hate to be a complete misery about this I really hope the new editor either finds a purpose for them very very quickly and gives them something to do other than be an incredible annoyance or just sends them somewhere very far away from Ambridge sharpish he would move tables in a pub to get away from the fair brethren and he now skips ahead I disagree with that you know because Though uh, Toby might well be a bit of a bore, right? In terms of being in a pub and you're having a drink, it's going to be somewhat entertaining. Do I want to be with him at a dinner party? No. Do I want him to be my best mucker? Uh, No. But actually, propped up against the bar for 20 minutes, half an hour, I think he'd be actually quite entertaining. Mm. No, I'm with Stephen. I think I just want to punch him. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think who I would move away from. I'd probably there's many, there's many more kind of recourses you'd have to, you know, exiting, you know, at that situation and actually punching the man in the clear in the face, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the tactic I happen to, it's my preferred tactic, all right? Mm. Mm. Uh, I was just thinking, would I move away? From, I would move closer to Brian because he's very entertaining. Yes. Uh, I'd probably move away from Shula. Yeah, Shula and Caroline moaning. Well, you would, you way... wouldn't find Shula in the pub anyway, would you? No, she doesn't. Unless it's Sunday for a bit of Sunday lunch. Well, she's She's looking for Alistair, there. who's completely disappeared. Um, I was reminded, I've just come back from a week's holiday in Yorkshire. Mm. And I was reminded of Susan Carter. Because I was in a farm shop and it was one of well, those places. Did your partner make you some chilli? <laughs> 
we won't be discussing that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, we were in this farm shop and it was all very, you know, artisan cheese and mm. everything was kind of olive green and had bows of dried grass on it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, punnets of things and baskets of things you couldn't buy a box of anything you had to be a punnet or a basket and um this 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 very breezy sort of uh middle-aged yorkshire lady came came in to the um farm shop towing her husband behind her who had a face like a slapped ass and um she she bumped into a friend and she said oh hello thank fancy seeing you she said i knew you love it here don't you and i love it here and i i thought i had to bring norman because he's never been you see and i thought it'd be such a i said to him you are in for a treat norman i said so they're chatting Mm. and as the two husbands moved past each other norman muttered to the other one me heart bloody sank as soon as i saw the sign he said (laughs) really reminded me of susan and neil <laughs> susan come along neil we're going to that new waitrose you know just to try it out <laughs> so so goes there and make sure you get the bag and all that sort of thing but it was so funny yes anyway so i would i would i was thinking would i move away from susan and no i wouldn't i would stay and listen because i find her very funny uh claire from clapham is next oh all right Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here, second time caller in a and I didn't send any details with me last time I called in, so I'll start by saying that I've been listening to The Archers since 2002, and the first big storyline I remember was Brian and Siobhan's affair and the birth of Rory, and in particular Debbie working out that Rory was Brian's child and having a massive showdown with him, which was really memorable. And that's sort of relevant uh, to the thing I wanted to talk about today, which was really surprised by Jennifer's like lackadaisical attitude to Lillian effectively becoming the kind of mistress or concubine of Justin Elliott and her kind of complete lack of concern for his wife, Miranda, is it, or Melinda, uh, in that situation, uh, you'd think that Jennifer, having had a husband who'd been having serial affairs throughout their married life, would have a little bit more consideration for the wife in that considerate situation. Um, but she seemed to write it off very quickly, and, you know, she's all for Lillian, you know, being the social secretary and so on, which I thought was quite strange. But then maybe Jennifer has sort of come to an arrangement with herself that it's okay for husbands to be philandering just as long as they don't leave the wife perhaps i'd be interested in what other people think about that issue so yeah we'll see how that goes well done yokel bear and everyone keep up the good work yes i am also finding jennifer's attitude to lillian very very odd but i don't know whether jennifer has been dumped on so often by brian that there may be either a bit of schadenfreude in terms of um, you know, Miranda, she kind of feels like, well, it happens to everybody and, you know, you just have to hang in there and 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 she kind of almost wants it to happen to other people so that she doesn't feel as if she's failed, possibly. Um, and also, maybe Jennifer thinks, you know, at least Lillian's getting something out of the arrangement. I mean, uh, Jennifer has put up with such a lot and she's kind of made her relationship with Brian quite transactional now. So he messes up. That's not true. We saw... It's not not purely... No, it's not. 
remember four weeks ago we had there's that friday episode and we all just said how beautiful that was when jenny was just you know i'm an old fart i'm a washed up old prune my life's disappeared and brian says no you're not you're an amazing woman i love you get down there put your face on and and you're amazing it's not just transactional you can't say that who'd be who'd be giving you a supportive cuddle and eyeing someone up over your shoulder that's that's yeah but but you've also said is at that age where you know you've got prostate problems that 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 old brian's kind of gone now yeah you know come on they're not transactional there wasn't there was an element of that up till you know uh up up until siobhan and and, well no annabel shrivener because when when there's all the bl stuff he's still kind of sniffing around her and she had to bat him away yeah but no (laughs) bat him away that's she did he's just imagined oh oh stop it don't be like a wasp trying to get into your wine um and yokel bear Mm. oh can i just say Mm. well done yokel bear have you seen the amount of love that man had on the twitters (laughs) i know every time we have andrew on or yokel bear on everyone we keep (laughs) they get overwhelmed (laughs) well i i I, yeah i don't know what it really says about me being on the show (laughs) that that, that, that's the thing but no well done well done gentlemen and and definitely well done yokel bear um it was uh i actually really like listening to dum de dum and um and when I'm not on it, <laughs> I really do because you were still interfering. It kept going. The script kept going red where you were where you were fiddling around and putting bits in the script yeah. as we were doing it. Because you sent it to me. Certain. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have sent it to me. And then you said, said things send like, it to me. "Did I? I didn't say that yes, at all, Lucy." You did because you wanted to know what the calls were to put them in the website thingy. Oh yes. Yeah. See. All right. Okay. And then you have lines slagging me off in it. Rolling. Mm. I didn't slag you off. I just said I was glad I didn't have to read out T-shirt sizes. Because when have you ever had to do that before? Every time I don't take them out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hello, Dumb Stomach Yokel Bear here calling from Yokelshire. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say thanks for all the messages that I got after the podcast last week. It really made my week. Um, I had much fun doing it. It was marvellous. And Lucy, you're a star. You've completely made me not nervous for... Um, losing my podcast virginity. So, but the archers. Um, Pip, let's start with Pip. How unaware is Pip of her surroundings? I mean, she said this week, I'm not the kind of woman that's men pine over. As she sat there with Rex, who you probably need a pencil to wind his tongue back in. Has she not noticed that he's just kind of there and gagging for her i've been quite amused by the toby thing this whole toby trying to intervene the second thing i'd like to talk about this week is in praise of the grundies but what are they thinking i mean oliver's turned around and said well why don't you move into the house for a bit just to tide you over and they're setting up an entire working farm let's have some pigs yeah let's get some cows in next next thing you know they're Digging up the front lawn, putting some maize in. It's all going to go terribly, terribly wrong, isn't it? But that's kind of the Grundies, isn't it, really? it's They just don't think it through, do they? Even Bert's saying, oh, steady on now. 
And it was, I found it actually quite nice to have Johnny back, but Johnny was perfect for kind of Valentine's Day. You know, like he's, he's like that teenager from the fast show, isn't it? Everything's brilliant. And I thought brief encounter at the pub was just brilliant. Um, David crying. Actually, you know, I've, I've had my criticisms of David and Ruth, but when they had that little chat about how David was glad that she came back and everything, did have a little tear in the corner of my eye. Just a little one. Tiny little one. Anyway, what did Yoko Bear say? He said uh, about... He, he was talking about Pip. Mm. Um, and the, the, the Grundys have gone a bit nuts, haven't they, really? Talk... I mean, I can't believe Clary isn't stopping them doing this i mean she went berserk when she thought when um the piglets when they started talking about the pigs but that was partly because she thought eddie had nicked them rather than you know Mm. borrowed them or whatever it is he's done um but put i mean putting cows on a field and subletting it and making money out of the arrangement that is not a small thing that Mm. is not something you can pack up at a moment's notice and I can't believe she's just going, oh, Eddie, and letting him carry on. I don't think she would. I think she would go completely berserk and say, as she always does, "This, you've really done it this time, Eddie. Mm. Um, but this uh, is just a return to the no, old yeah, friends, isn't yeah. it? I, it, it I'm disappointed. Chances. I'm yeah. disappointed too. Because, yeah, we've had... what? When did the Grundys come, come into uh, Ambridge? It was mm. like the 70s mm. or something yeah. like that. And we've so we had the seventies, eighties, nineties, noughties, where they've just been charters, so, so some forty years. And you would have thought that now they've actually come back into you know their spiritual home, they'd go, you know what, we need to count our count our blessings here, <laughs> and just keep a low profile. Yeah, and, exactly. Let's and, not attention to ourselves. You know, and the fact that you know Ed is going, Dad, no. Yeah. You know, and you're completely right. Clary would be like, Eddie, no, we've got back home. We're at the largesse of uh, Oliver and Caroline. Let's just put a tin hat on it. Let's just calm down. And I don't believe this at all. But suffice to say, I'm much less angry about this than the than I am about the other storyline, which I ranted on about. So I'll just <laughs> shut up now and I'll just like, pass on. I'm upset, but I'll pass on, Lucy. <laughs> Let us pass on to Jacqueline Berthaud. Bonjour, Jacqueline Berthaud de Saint-Gouin ici. I'm really behind with the archers, but I am up to date with Dumpty Dum, if that helps. Well done, Yoko Bear, for last week, and for Lucy for keep having to change partners. Thank you for all your great tweets, Yoko Bear. I'm always retweeting you because you say what I think, but in, but far more eloquent, eloquent, eloquently. I've seen articles about the change in the editor and I realised that culturally I think I'm really stuck in Ambridge because I had no idea who Ruth Jones or Steve Lamack are, who are apparently pitching for the job. Or was that a tongue-in-cheek article? Who knows? You see, I'm culturally miles away from everyone. Personally, though, I'm happy whoever takes over, as long as they can get back to normal and add a few accents or voice defects so I can tell who the characters are, or at least tell them apart. Well, so far it's going to be me and Jojo Sexy Heels meeting Monsieur Le Maire de Sanguin on Saturday, March the 27th. So if there is anyone else who fancies joining us, see the website for details and or contact me by email. That's Jacqueline.Berto at yahoo.fr or arabazgberto sanguin on the Twitters.
Au revoir. Yes, I agree. We need new editor. Please can we have some voices that sound different from all the other voices? That would be very nice. Uh, get rid of the fair brethren. Pen in the arse. Uh, and let's have some people that sound different. And let's have more jazzer. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. There's got to be... There's got to be a really good reason why a, a character who's as universally as popular as Jazza is absolutely sidelined. You know, in the last 12 months, how much Jazza have we actually had? If that man has been in 20 episodes, I'd be surprised. Mm. And everybody loves Jazza. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Maybe they think familiarity will breed contempt. And if we get to know him too much, we won't, you know, we will get fed up with him or something. I mean, he's not an archer, obviously. He doesn't have any ties to the village other than, well, he's got to marry someone to stay in the village, hasn't he? In the same way that um, Neil Carter, you know, was new to the village and all that. Hmm. I, I I don't understand because they've put together their him and Jim are the unlikely couple. Yeah, which completely works. Yeah, uh, you know it's intergenerational. It's the class divide. It's an intellectual. It's everything. Is but it just works, and they don't play up to that at all. No, you know, and uh, just just makes no sense to me. Just no. makes, just makes no sense. So maybe somebody from the inner workings of this show might want to call her in or send me a discreet message and say this is the reason why because mm. it just to, to, to me you know yeah it just makes no sense just like you know we we've, we've gone through periods where there's been little and no lillian mm. but at least she has some meaty storylines yeah even if jazza was just propping up the bar once twice a week you go okay fair enough yeah but anyway anyway Right, are we, please tell me we're through with these calls. No, <laughs> very nearly. Um, with a spoon. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I've been busy this week reassuring Angus that I do not plan to sell him to the highest bidder, as David and Ruth have done with their beloved cows. And we had just gotten Angus over his recurrent dream of being lost in torrential rains. So, a request to the new editor-to-be. Please, no more storylines that may traumatize our pets. I have a thought or two about the major curveball thrown at us in the final conversation of the week. First, I, for one, was quite fooled by Ursula's nice mother-in-law act. Even Kirsty's been taken in. So what hope do we have? Earlier in the week, as I was listening to 10 American presidents, while contemplating Rob and the point that I made last week, that he was both a narcissist and a high-functioning sociopath, I realized that he was Ambridge's own Richard Nixon. I know that Dan Carlin was doing a bit of revisionist history by saying that Nixon wasn't all that bad, but come on, Royfield, the man was evil, just like our Rob. But now, with this up-to-the-minute information about Ursula, I am thinking about that movie from the early 90s, The Grifters, starring Angelica Houston and John Cusack as mother and son con artists based on a true story. And Rob, you don't want to know what Angelica does to her son at the end of the film. And here's a thought about Lillian, our reborn party girl. 
I'm happy that she has a spring in her step again, but I don't know if anyone else has noticed she's been reaching for that glass of wine or gin on a rather frequent basis. And with her new position as social secretary for Justin, I worry that she's going to fall down a well of alcohol in those new high-heeled shoes of hers. And for that matter, I still don't get why Justin, the multi-millionaire hedge fund guy, is interested in hanging out in Ambridge and trying to impress the locals. Maybe we'll find out. On that note, Angus Haggis, who is now under the sofa hiding from the auctioneer, and I are signing off. Hope to talk to you all next week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. That he was fooled by Ursula and the nice mother-in-law act, but we won't go into that again because you'll but start we'll know, but it's the, it's the, it's not that you've been fooled by Ursula, it's just another plot twist and it's just one too many. Yeah. For this to be credible and believable, this is just one too many. And um, I, uh, yeah, just, yeah, anyway. Nah. Um, uh, he did say well he said he was worried about Lillian hitting the booze Lillian's always hit the booze her blood type is a rhesus Gordon's for crying out loud <laughs> I don't think you know t- I don't think she's in any more danger of, of in fact she's probably in less danger of becoming an alcoholic now than she ever has been uh, because she's actually happier and by now she's pickled herself completely so there's you know it's not going to happen um re sort of ursula i suppose their thinking is somebody like rob does not get produced out of nowhere you have to have had some kind of um screwed up parenting to to be that type of person which i presume is is what they're trying to 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 do with with ursula i don't know yeah. a bit of backstory maybe yeah and and i and i get that and i think it was um andrew horn some months ago that kind of described the type of relationship that Rob might have with a woman like Ursula as the way it kind of contributed to the, to, to the way that he is. But there's just such a level of collusion. That's what I have just said. It's just too much. If you one thing, because we were supposed to believe that his, he had no, no meaningful mm. relationship with his mother. And so they didn't come to his wedding. He didn't tell his mother about the wedding. Um, but then all of a sudden he did. Exactly. she suddenly turned up, didn't she? And, said and I don't be... understand why he would have blackened his mother's name so much to Helen. No, no. It just, you know, and uh, anyway, I'm out. I'm out of it. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, my daughter listened to Rob for about uh, a minute and a half and she said, Oh, is that man Donald Trump? <laughs> and I thought, actually, that kind of crazed, paranoid, you know, that's not a bad analogy, actually. Because um, uh, she listened to Witherspoon's call where he said uh, that uh, that he was like Richard Nixon. And my daughter said, I think he's more like Donald Trump. Um, and now we have Cat Brown. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Cat Brown here. Ugh. Well, my mother always said, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And uh, reluctant as I am to break the habit of a lifetime and ignore that philosophy, I probably should. So instead of mentioning anything about things I'm sure lots of other people will already have waxed lyrical about, I would just like to say how much I've enjoyed Brian and Jenny this week. 
feels like they are actually people and I've really enjoyed listening to what they're up to and their banter and everything. Although for somebody who should have been on half term wasn't really surprisingly silent slash absent. Indeed, it's almost as if they've permanently packed himself off to boarding school. Who knows? Oh, anyway, looking forward to something believable happening in the next week. They managed so well this week and then it was just that last little... Last little pantomime snippet on Friday. Bollocks. I nearly got through that call by saying purely nice things. Oh well. Cheerio. Bye. Where is Rory? Where indeed he's sleeping under in the cupboard under the stairs like Harry Potter at the Dursleys. Um, yeah, half term. Didn't I, I think some kids don't, some private school kids don't come home for the half term if they're doing something. But again, he just never, ever just doesn't get mentioned. He will get mentioned when he's 17 and shaggable. Then he will be mentioned because then he will be a storyline on legs. So that's what he's allowed to be. He's not allowed to be anything up until then. Mm. You could well be right. First time caller in Leslie G. Hello, it's Leslie G here. I'm a first time caller in I'm retired and I live in South Yokelshire, which is sort of Wiltshire, Dorsetty area. Thinking back, I suppose the artist has been around all my life. I remember Walter Gabriel going Uarmi Beauty and all that stuff uh, when I was really young. But um, I suppose the first things I remember are perhaps Polly Perks dying and uh, Mike Tucker going slightly bonkers. He was quite a horrible character in those days. I don't know what era that puts me in. Um, anyway, Lillian... I think it's totally immoral, but I think she should go for it. She's a wonderful courtesan sort of type person, and she's under no illusions what social secretary means. So I think she should just go and have some fun, and uh, good luck to her. Um, Ursula, who is she? Where has this woman come from? She's totally different to what she was before. Perhaps she's sort of one of these split personality people that every time we we hear her, she's uh, going to be different. Um, anyway, Titty Knob. I'm just getting such an actual physical reaction every time he's on the radio. And actually, same as uh, Lucy, I did jump when he caught Helen going AWOL. I was really scared. <laughs> it's like the pantomime, really. So please stop that. Perhaps if Tom checks on what happened with the chickens, then he'll find out Rob's duplicity. Anyway, can't stand it much longer. So along with everybody else, please make it stop. Lillian as courtesan. That is an <laughs> excellent thought, Leslie. And, yeah, I completely agree. It's depressing because she's worth so much more than that. But, you know, I can't, you know, she, that, she is what she is, isn't she? And, 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 you know, she will. And that, that is effectively what's, what she's doing. But I don't, there's a kind of a naivety about her where she genuinely doesn't seem to think that, uh, that, that, that there is anything odd in this arrangement. You know, which is basically mistress. Oh, yeah, courtesan. Very, very strange. And I think slightly underwritten in Lillian's, in terms of Lillian, because she's a much more complex character than than that, really. She's I, not I just a good time com- girl. I don't know how complex she is, to be honest. Really? I don't think she's just a good time girl. I, you know, I'd agree with you there, but I don't know how complex she is. She's not as complex as, let's say, Jennifer is. No. She actually isn't. You know, Lillian is much more 2D, and I think that's one of the reasons why she's so she's so likable. Because actually, um, it's not that she is um, lacking 
in and of being a character. She's just a very simpler character. And generally what you see is what you get. And she is the life and soul. She has that great character cackle. Um, she, has, she does have a heart of gold. She doesn't have a side to her. Um, she's actually, you know, she's quite simple to sum up and, and very easy to like. Mm. I, <coughs> excuse me. I had a thought the other day. Oh, just the one. That's a novelty. Um, I know. Uh, you remember Paul? Yes, I do. Matt's brother. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was like a dry run for Rob? Goodness. Because they're very similar. All that, the controlling stuff, the lies about the ex-wife, mm. the phone calls where he'd suddenly put the phone down, the controlling behaviour with the children... That's there not, was an awful. That's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. That I don't know why. Maybe they tried Paul and got a lot of feedback from people saying that they, you know, liked the storyline or found it engaging, and so they decided to bring in a, a, a sort of a character that that was going to, um, um, you know, bully somebody. Mm. Or what? I don't know. But there, but there was, and then he was suddenly killed, wasn't he? Yes. And he was like, but, right, well, try this. Right, okay. Right, okay, it's worked. So we'll get rid of him and then we'll bring in someone else and do it properly. Mm. He he was much more of a fragile character than... He was much more yes. obviously needy than, yeah. than Rob. But yeah, there well, are the, certain... The patterns were the, were the same. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's not a bad shout, that. Well done, having that. Was that your first thought of the year? Yes, it was. <laughs> to lie down for the rest of the day. <laughs> well I done. Too soon. It's only February. Um, Goddess Diva. Hello, Jum Jum. It's um, Goddess Diva here. A little bit off my tits on Night Nurse and Melatonin, but have been ordered by the Twitterati from Dumpty Dum to ring in anyway. Um, so what do I do when I say I'm this drunk and actually feel this punch drunk? Tell everybody how much I love them. I love Lucy for being Lucy. I love Royfield for being Royfield. And I love Paul Truman for doing all this fundraising. And thank you, whichever one from the Dumpty Dum um, account thing retweeted my blog post on how we provide proper services for victims of domestic abuse. Uh, the Archers, Rob's a twat. There is no more need saying than that. And hats off to Kerry Davis for a week that made me throw up and cry more than once. Shouldn't really be how we base whether we've enjoyed a drama, but but hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I have to say, Kobe Fairbrother, Tobes, come round my house. I got something to show you. It begins with F and ends with ist. Twat. Right, I love you all. I'm going to go try and get to bed and get some sleep and probably send a mad tweet in the morning say, please delete this message or not. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a weird old week and a very weird and very stressful week on the Archers. And yet again, everybody has pulled together and been wonderful. So thank you, all you terrible enablers who just wanted to hear swear words and giggles if I rang up on my tits. Love you loads. God is Diva out. Bye. I didn't understand quite a lot of this called Goddess Diva, but you did warn us that I wouldn't. Also, when you said you wanted Toby to come round and you were going to show him and you appeared to spell out the word cyst, I'm not sure you meant that you were going to show him your cyst. If you did, (laughs) I'm very sorry um, Uh that you have a cyst. uh, And I'm certainly that would put an end to his lecherous sexist fumblings. Yes. Um, But yes, as, as you warned us, 
the call was a little bit confusing. Mm. But I'm very glad you love us all. And I do hope you get some sleep soon. <laughs> uh talking about people getting uh plaudits um that that lady had a whole load of plaudits for uh last week's caller in her uh, masterpiece didn't she yes she did well, it's all over the twitters mm. Mm. just saying mm. um jojo sexy heels hi there dumpty dummers it's jojo sexy heels here just felt i had to ring in this morning to ask what everybody thought about Rob's views on the stock control in the shop. So far, he's got no job of his own. They must have spent most of Peggy's £10,000 by now. And he's trying to run the shop into the ground. What is the point? It just really doesn't make any sense, you know, to get rid of the wonderful sausage rolls or the, you know, the Tom Archer's sausages. You know, this has always been sort of a brand that's been building up. Why wouldn't you want it to be successful? You know, if you want to have a child that's going to be raised in a healthy environment with something to inherit, why try and kill off the business? It just makes no sense to me. Um, so what does everybody else think? Okay, speak to you all soon. Got to go because I've got a small puppy here who needs my attention. Okay, bye then. I don't know why. Are we just... almost through with these calls this now, This is the last Lucy. one, but now we've got some more caller in us. Now we've got some emailer in us. Oh, crumbs. All right, go on. Um, Jojo Sexy Heels said, why is Rob trying to bankrupt the shop? I think because he has to wreck everything that wasn't made by him so he can then build it up again and say, you see, that's how it should have been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it makes no sense. I don't know what the hell they're living on. They're living on some kind of money that is fiddled from somewhere, I presume. But as we don't care anymore about this storyline for various reasons, who cares? Don't know, don't <laughs> care. La 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 la. Right, and now, email arinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarinarin
First of all, he wants to nominate Kate as Borsetshire New Businesswoman of the Year. Excellent. Yes, I second that, Cosmo. And um, why are the Fair Brothers not producing geese all year round? I'm sure some decent restaurants need a good goose supply all year round. That was supposed to be their target market. Well, goose is traditionally Easter, isn't it? Don't ask me, Lucy. And does anyone think those numbers actually make a profit now they're paying rent? And I missed a huge stupidity last week. Right, brace yourselves. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, boys? I'm braced. Okay. BL had a multi-year contract with RB Farming, which would have had notice clauses <laughs> and all sorts of other constraints, which commenced on the 1st of January. Suddenly, with no notice in mid-February, the board decide and Adam is t- tilling the land the next day. Look, this is a business, not some cosy arrangement. RB would need notice, which could be 12 months, and would also, as Adam did at the end of 2014, submit a costed bid proposal for the contract. At the very least, RB Filing would have demanded a chance to put their case and to be allowed to work their notice, as Asam did when his contract was ended. This was very poorly written and executed. Cosmo in high dudgeon again. Mm. Um, that all made perfect sense to me. And you, you, you know, and I think they need Cosmo as the kind of financial and business editor on they that show. No, we've got him. We can't go off moonlighting for someone else. He's well, ours. True. True that. Tell you what, Lucy... If we can't have Cosmo mm. as the Archer's financial and business uh, sub-editor, that John West, who's our little friend on, on the Twitters, he could do that job. He's some kind of financial journalist. And oh. I basically did say to him, right, because he's he's got a dry sense of humour, that man, and he's not only an Archer's fan, but he's a financial whiz, he should come on the show. Yeah, and it can talk and it can explain all this BL board malarkey to us and where they've gone wrong and you know everybody's projections and their business plans and whatever. You know, I might fall asleep, but I was going to say he's not going to do a PowerPoint, is he? <laughs> no, but he'll get his Excel spreadsheet out. Oh, you know, but no, he. Um, I think we should get him on next week, and it can just run the rule over. All, you know, all things financial because he's he's quite funny. Okay. All right, so John West, if you if you're free for next week, sir, um, you'll be sat on sat on the bed with Lucy. You'll be sitting on Royfield's right hand. No. <laughs> no. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Have we got any more email winners? We haven't. Ooh, thank goodness for that. Right, so <laughs> um, moving swiftly on, folks, why don't we uh, take five, come back the other side with a touch of Millie Bell? <laughs> Hello. As you know, I love France, and I help with the twinning of Mirielle and Ambridge. So it's with great pleasure that I can tell you about another Entente Cordiale. On Friday, March the 25th, until Monday the 28th, you can visit St. Guyenne in Brittany, courtesy of Dumpty Dummer Jacqueline Bertho. The itinerary includes a trip to Denom, the local farmer's market, a visit to the mayor, a bake-off and other shenanigans. The cost is £110, and this includes your accommodation, dinner and breakfast. Go to dumptydum.com to book and to view the trip. For further info, contact Jacqueline via email jacqueline.bertho at yahoo.fr. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 43. 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day everyone. Now this report is going to be 24 hours earlier than it usually is, so for those of you that get involved after the Omnibus, I really apologise. It's only for one week. I'm the backstage manager of a local production of Legally Blonde, and there are so many ways in which it ties in with the artists, it's not funny. 
um, the Linda Snell, our wonderful director, does keep changing her minds about things, and I come back to rehearsal and find all the curtains and all the backdrops have changed the numbers in which they <laughs> they've been put on. So I have to change everything I'm doing. Uh, there are last minute adjustments. There's a little bit of drama on stage, but exactly like Linda Snell and all her wonderful productions, it's all coming together and it's all going to be brilliant on the night. So I have a big week ahead of me. I'm going to be absolutely knackered, but it will be worth it. Uh, having a look at our forum this week, uh, one um, Miss Mid-City posed the question why should we listen to the Archers so if you would like to get involved in that and we all have an opinion about why we should listen good or bad uh, please jump onto the forum uh, dumptydum.com and of course the big news that Sean O'Connor is leaving the Archers uh, it started a really lively debate there's real uh, division about whether people think he contributed or has um, detracted from the storyline on our Facebook page, I am pleased to say that we are not far off having our thousand. So if you know anybody who should be a friend on Facebook, please let them know. Um, I was absolutely, I was driving to work when I listened to, to the Archers, as I always do. And one of, uh, somebody said uh, that there was going to be a clean for the Queen campaign. And uh, I nearly drove off the side of the road. I was so tickled by this. I thought this was incredibly funny. And there were so many inappropriate jokes that you could use with that. So I did pose that and Kerry Davies says, I'm all in favour of tidying the country up a bit, but what an ill-conceived title for the project. I could not agree more, <laughs> Kerry. However, Mark Everton has, I hope, beaten me to it because he says, guaranteed I'll be phoning in with every one of those inappropriate punchlines this week. Every single one. I hope you did. Mark and I look forward to hearing them. Um... We also asked whether we would notice much difference once uh, Sean O'Connor leaves. And Vicky Berry said, oh, one more. more th oh, sorry, she gave a thought before. She says, he spent the last few weeks undoing some of the changes he's made. No more Vero Farm, a return to more traditional plot lines, well, apart from the um, story that shall not be named. Uh, she says, uh, one more thought. Hopefully the cast will now have their muzzles removed and can be guests on the podcast. Hurrah. Uh, sorry, where are my manners? I meant to say, sad loss, sorely missed, etc., etc. Right then, moving on. Rachel Louise says she hopes we'll be returning to hearing from more people um, and perhaps less of the bloody fair brethren. Ruth Simpson says, I just hope that he doesn't completely screw everything up before he finally departs. I'm sure he's not going to do that. Jane Taylor, wonder whether it's end of all the classic literature, literature referencing. Uh, I should have had a second coffee before I tried to say that. Quentin Bennett said it's a small change to Lucy V. Freeman's next week in Ambridge. Plots and suggestions on a postcard. And Vicky Cole said, I wonder who could take over. Hope they read all the Archer's pages. So it is going to be uh, a change, isn't it? Uh, and uh, I guess we can only surmise what will happen. And we all have our opinion about whether Sean O'Connor was... Uh, has been good for the archers or not but like it or not it has happened and we will uh, move on to a new editor and let's uh, look forward to that with the positive spirit that I know we all maintain on the archers and particularly Dumpty Dum. Uh, I have to go, I've got to go and get ready for a 10 hour rehearsal, I kid you not and then I work all week and every night we have a 4 hour rehearsal afterwards so wish me luck everyone I'm probably going to be completely knackered and if you thought I was inarticulate this week 
you wait till next Sunday. I will not be able to say my own name. But you, everyone have a good week. Jump onto the Dumpty Dum forum or onto Facebook so that we can keep talking and you can keep me sane. <laughs> Hooroo. Thank you, Millie. Uh, Lucy, hashtag the Archer's tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Uh, at If We Had Any Ham said... There are a lot of stupid storylines in The Archers, but, quote, charming millionaire not being invited to parties is the unlikeliest. This is very <laughs> true, yes. And I don't think that, you know, Sir Sidney and Mercedes Goodman or whatever they're called, uh, you know, uh, they don't care whether he's got his name plastered all over the village bloody hall or not. They just want to know if he's got a shed load of cash. Yes, anyway, Paul Truman mm. said... Our hero, Paul Truman, hurrah, who's nearly up to 60 grand now, I think. Paul Truman said, first they came for Scruff and I said nothing. Then they came for the Herefords and I said... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leonard Odyssean said, where is Tony? Is he still in Panto? Just when he's needed, I bet he's playing Captain Hook in Worthing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need him back. Penny Shukards uh, did, did uh, Henry saying... You're not my daddy. Mr. Turkey Baster is my daddy. You're <laughs> psychopath. And Jeremy Peake. And as you have forbidden me to comment on Mr. Royfield Brown, you have forbidden me for commenting on the joyful, joyful news uh, around the archers this week. I will just say this, as I'm not allowed to say anything, I'll let Jeremy Peake say it for me. And with the announcement of Mr. O'Connor's departure... The build-up to the farewell story of an ISIS attack on Ambridge can begin. (laughs) 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 Happy days. It's not that I forbade you, Lucy. I just think we might need to just learn from our rash behaviour before. That's all I'm saying. Rash smash, that's what I say. Mm. Right. Um, Asher than bacon we are. In it. Now, uh, folks... We have a website. It's called dumdydum.com. It's full of wonderful, juicy goodness and it's very small and neat or whatever the heck that advert was. <laughs> uh, so you can go there, dumdydum.com. And yeah, finger of fudge. And um, it, you can go on there and you can kind of comment on the show. It's not that people actually do that, really. Uh, but what you can do is go onto our forum. I know Millie Bell talks about topics on our forum and you can go onto our shop and there's kind of things on there so go on to dumdydum.com because it's awesome like that now itunes uh lucy doesn't like me talking about itunes but it's really important uh we have one new review this week and it's from izzy kennedy i love this podcast and have been listening for a few weeks now it's such a lovely community where everyone is brilliant and talks about the archers here here where can i find the archives i want the archives I think you need to start back at episode one and keep going. Mm. Um, I think they should be there. They should be there on uh, on iTunes uh, if they're not all on the website. I think on the website it's about the last 20 or the last 30. But if you actually go into iTunes, I believe they're all there. And if they're not, tell me and then I'll make some rasp promise of sorting it out. Then I probably won't for about six months, as is my way. I uh, think it was um, Kat Brown or somebody messaged me the other day mm-hmm. about with a comment about something. About something that was on the podcast. And I thought, what the hell is she talking about? It just didn't make any sense. And then she she emailed, she messaged again hurriedly and said, oh, no, don't worry. I've just realised I was listening to an episode from last March. <laughs> 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 and she hadn't realised. 
bewildering thing. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you want to help us keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. We can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. You can find us on the Twitters where we are at Dumpty Dum. Or you can find me on at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And finally, you can also find us on the Book of Face where we are Dumpty Dum and we're nearly at the 1,000. In fact, we are at 959 Lyca Lurkers and we want to get to 1,000 by our 100th show, which is in three weeks' time. Stop changing things while I'm reading it, you bugger. Well, just read that number out. <laughs> Okay. In fact, we are at 979 Lyca Lurkers and we want to get to 1,000 by our 100th show, which is in three weeks' time. Awesome. We are almost there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And uh, my laptop says it's got 4% battery left. So Ooh. I think that is uh, a perfect time for us to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Awesome.